Now, more tips with your host, Rebecca Rogers. Remember that in our program, we present our opinion and the opinion of our guest, and is not to be interpreted as medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Lifestyle Improvement. Today, we are excited to have with us again, Joanne Lara. Miss Lara is an expert in the field of movement therapy. She is a professional dancer turned educator that has used her passion for movement and music to enrich the population with autism and founded the Autism Movement Therapy Organization. She is an adjunct professor at National University. She was the technical advisor for Kiefer Sutherland's Fox TV show, Touch, and produced the documentary for PBS called Generation A, Portraits of Autism and the Arts for Individuals with Autism. Miss Lara is a columnist for Autism Asperger's Digest and is the author of the book, Autism Movement Therapy Method, Waking Up the Brain, a practical guide for the use of movement and music to stimulate brain function that we have featured on our program before. She has come back to tell us about her newest book, Teaching Pre-Employment Skills to 14 to 17 year olds, The Autism Works Now Method. And now here is our host, Rebecca Rogers, and our guest, Joanne Lara. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming back. Now you have now become part of the family because this is your second time with us at Lifestyle Improvement. And the last time you came to talk to us, we had a long conversation about all the things that you have done. But I would like you to go ahead and develop a little bit on that again for the listeners that didn't hear to our pre- our previous program. And then we can get started from there and go forward into the new stuff that's going on for you. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah. and I uh- have also the the book. Wonderful. That's what we're going to talk about today, teaching pre-employment skills. Yay. (laughs) So go ahead and give us a little bit of a background again on how you became interested in autism and what a little bit of your story, your biography, and then we'll move on to the book. Okay, good. All right. So um, I began uh, working in our community almost 25 years ago. I started in um, the LA Unified School District, actually as a substitute teacher and was drawn to working as a teacher in the classroom for special needs and specifically autism. Um, And in one of the, one of the classrooms was a CBI community-based instruction class uh, class for older individuals at a high school here in in, uh, Los Angeles. One of the counselors asked me if I wanted to, would you like to do this? She said, you seem to be really, you know, really, really good with these moderate to severe kids. And I said, oh, yeah, I'd love, you know, I'd love to be a credential teacher. And she said, well, you know, I'd like to write a letter to uh, Los Angeles Unified School District for you on behalf of you. And I said, great. And she did. And they called me and they said, hey, we have an opening. And at that time I lived in Hollywood and the school, the elementary school was only like two miles away. It was viewed. It was a beautiful thing. And they said for a third, fourth and fifth grade startup beginning, this is 2000, 2017 years ago, um, autism class. And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm absolutely interested. Uh, What do I need to do? And they said, oh, you just need to go back to school and get your credential. And I thought, well, how hard could that be? And, you know, now I'm 45. At that time, I was 45. And I said, okay, no issue. So, and I did. I went back to school. I went to Cal State Northridge. And I went to school for six years. And I taught during the day, students with autism, um, third, fourth, and fifth grade. 
in an elementary school setting, special day class, severe students, students with almost all of the students had no language. And, um, and I went to school at night and I did that for six years because I got my master's at the same time. And that's really where I cut my teeth to develop, develop the program, the autism movement therapy program, because one day, I don't know if I told you this the last time we talked, but one day, um, in the reading, you know, we, we, we abided by an agenda that all the other classrooms in the school abided by, which was you come in, uh, you do 90 minutes of uh, a reading program. And so we had our, they had their chairs, nine students, and they sat in front of me and I looked out one day and I said, and all of a sudden they just looked to me like they were little, little bodies with marshmallows for heads. And I said, you know, that was the analogy was that no one was expecting anything of these kids. Everybody had already written them off and they were eight, nine and 10 years old. And no one was asking them, was raising the bar and asking them to come up to it. And I was like, wait a minute, I, I can teach these kids to read. I can teach these kids to do math. And I went and said, I want a computer for each one of the kids. A computer for each one of the kids. Are you crazy? I said, I know you've got a bunch of those Apple computers in the back. Because at that time, Apple gave, like, they just gave them out to all the schools. And I said, I want nine of those nine. I said, yeah, I want each one of my students to have their own computer. And then I programmed it with a reader rabbit program. That's an old reading and and language arts and math program that is to this day, still valid, a wonderful program. And I, I, I I tailored each one of the computers and they had their their name. So there was ownership Um, and their language arts level, whether it was a pre-K, K, kinder, first, second, wherever they were in both math and language arts. And then we had music playing always. I had a little CD player that I still have. That CD player must be 25 years old. And it sat on a stool at the front of the class. And if we weren't doing direct instruction, then there was always either uh, Caribbean or Brazilian or Asian music playing with no lyrics. So they were working to music. And then at the end of the day, we'd, we would move all the chairs over and move the beanbags away and we would do yoga or dance. And bingo, these kids started reading. They started talking. Uh, they started assisting in a general ed classroom because I was a very, I was part of the inclusionist movement in the beginning here in this country, and specifically in California. And I said, you know what, bingo, it's all about the music and the movement. That's the body-brain connection. It opens the door for learning and information for them. And then, you know, then it's, I'm not going to say it's not a challenge because then you have to figure out how to present the information that they're going to be able to process it and make some kind of sense out of it. Because now remember, these are severe kids. And I said, when I, when I hop out of the LA Unified School System, which I knew I wasn't going to stay in, I wasn't going to be a lifer. I knew I wanted to teach students who were like myself, how to teach students with autism. So I knew I was going to have to go up to a university level to do that. So I was already getting my master so I could do that. And I knew I'd jump out and I would, uh, and I wanted to develop uh, the movement and music program. And that's the autism movement therapy, which has been very successful. As we know, Uh, there's a book, autism movement therapy, waking up the brain book. I have that book too, uh, over on the buffet table over there if we want to bring that over. 
Um, but then what I did was, as I saw my old, my students, my students in that classroom age and become 22, 23 years old, and I realized they weren't doing anything, that they were literally what we call the school to couch model. Then I said, no, that's not good enough for me. Now I'm going to have to develop another program for them because those kids should be working. They absolutely deserve a seat at the table. So then that's when we did. And we wrote my, my partner and I that I have another partner on this, Susan Osborne, who's also my partner for uh, the Autism Works Now program. And we go into our third year and it's an eight month program. It meets once a week and it's a two hour once a week uh, program where the candidates come together and it's all technology driven, which is this book. This book is for replication. Tell us the title of the book for those of us that are listening on the radio. Teaching pre-employment skills, 14 to 17 years old, Autism Works Now method. So it just came out, it just came out this week. It, uh, they pushed it early. It was an earlier, uh, early publication date. It was supposed to be in September and they pushed it into August, which I think is really great because teachers will be able to use it. Design for replication, everyone. So if you're an if you're an educator and you're listening, this is this is a this book is designed to replicate in your classroom. At the back, there's 90 pages of worksheets. You can also down. I'm going to show these for if we do do a visual. You can also download. Jessa, these are the worksheets, and there's 90 pages of them um, that go along with the lesson for the eight months, uh, once a week, two hour session. But Jessica Kingsley Publishers um, put a download in. So if you're a teacher, you know, that's a beautiful thing because I was a teacher and I know you don't you don't want to download 90 pages. You only want to download the worksheet you're going to work from this week while you're putting your lesson plans together, because then you're like, what did I do with those worksheets? So it's a it's a beautiful thing. And you can just go and do the one one worksheet that you're using that week. And that's uh, globally. You know, everyone has access to that. You know, what I love about your story and your journey, Joanne, is how you went uh, from that place where you discovered the power of movement and how you could use it through the arts. And by the way, every time I hear you speak about the power of movement in the arts and dance, I just wish that your words could just spread (laughs) to the world, and that um, that information would be embraced by our school systems just a little bit more, because there is so much that can be done in that part of things. And you probably can add more, uh, more to that, of course. But how you move from that into seeing the progress that this created in Uh, your kids that you were working with and then finding out where can I go from here to help them utilize the skills that they have gained through the movement into the society and community. This is your host, Rebecca, and now we will take a short break and we will be right back with more ideas on lifestyle improvement. What if there was a way to help your struggling child perform better academically? Would you pick up the phone and call? Lifestyle Improvement Occupational Therapy Services in Puyallup, Washington, supports wellness and optimal educational performance. Instead of just reteaching information, we endeavor to identify the possible root causes for your child's learning difficulties. We offer targeted testing to assist in the creation of an individualized plan and provide you with the brain training tools that can help improve 
improve academic performance. Visit our website at www.lifestyleimprovement.com or give us a call today at 877-957-7387, extension 101. That again is 877-957-7387, extension 101. For an initial free phone consultation, Lifestyle Improvement Occupational Therapy. We're ready to partner with parents and to help your child succeed. You know, what I love about your story and your journey, Joanne, is how you went uh, from that place where you discovered the power of movement and how you could use it through the arts. And by the way, every time I hear you speak about the power of movement in the arts and dance, I just wish that your words could just spread <laughs> to the world and that um, that information would be embraced by our school systems just a little bit more because there is so much that can be done in that part of things. And you probably can add two more, uh, more to that, of course. But how you move from that into seeing the progress that this created in uh, your kids that you were working with and then finding out where can I go from here to help them utilize the skills that they have gained through the movement into the society and community. That's right. One thing I do want to say about the autism movement therapy is that now I'm, um, I'm in, uh, there's a study being done, an evidence-based study in, and in the UK uh, with Greenwich University. So there's six of us authors on it. I'm like at the very end. There's, there's authors that are like MR, MRI neurologists, which is fabulous because that's really what we want to do is measure the change in the brain after the, 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 the student has been presented with movement and music together. Not just a music program, not just a dance program, but a, da- a program that's a real movement and music program where they have to auditorily process visually and gross motor. When you bring those three things together, it's a win-win for the brain. So we're going to have an evidence-based research study, and it's out of Greenwich University, one of the best universities in the UK. So I think that's going to change a lot of administrators and school districts' minds um, because AMT is going to be evidence-based. I hope so, because that would be so powerful. And sometimes in schools, when the way that they deal with behavior issues is by taking away motor and time to go to recess and to be able to do movement. Two of my least favorite words are you are, you're benched. It's just, it's negative reinforcement and it just, it just doesn't work. And the, you know, we have to, educate our administrators to punishment and negative reinforcement don't work with kids with autism. You know, they don't work with anybody, but ours, you know, we're specifically working with our kids and it, it, it doesn't work. It's, it's going to escalate and backfire on you. And then what happens is the administrators say, Oh, well, see, we tried that. Well, no, you, how about positive behavior support? How about reinforcing the behavior you want to see again? That's the key. But you asked, you asked specifically about how it evolved into the program now that we're doing. And, you know, it, it's, it's been a journey for me and an evolution for me. And never 25 years ago, if you said to me, this is what you're going to be doing, I would, I would just have said you're crazy. You know, absolutely. No, that, no intentions of, uh, <laughs> of this path. And, and I feel in a way many times that um, I'm a vessel just a vessel really. And 
that what the work that I'm doing is, it is, a, is work that has been picked up and replicated globally. Uh, you know, you know, pinch me because I, I, I don't know. I never dreamed that that would be the case. For some reason, I saw very clearly where the need was for these kids. And I felt I had the tool to change that, you know, and I know there's many, many other people that have been, you know, look, look at Temple. I mean, Temple's been the mouthpiece for us in our community for the last uh, 30 years. So Temple is, is, is really, you know, my mentor and my ringleader, you know, um, Temple. And she's a friend of mine and always, always steps up to the plate for me and my programs. Um, and I just spoke with her in, in Albany in June. Um, she spoke and I spoke and we spoke about work and transition and uh, employment. So it's like, you know, who would have thought even 10 years ago, we'd be on a stage with 450 people sitting in the audience going, yeah, that's it. Bring back vocational skill sets for these kids. Teach them how to do something. That's the point. We're asking, we're asking employers to employ individuals with, with autism or autistics who they now want to be called, um, who can't do anything. You know, it's, that's a bit, it's a business. It's not a charity. It's business. And the word business implies money making. And if we're going to be part of that train, we've got to bring something to the tracks. And so we have to go back, you know, as part of Hillary Clinton's Disability Employment Task Force team for 10 months. And that's all we were doing was talking. That's all I was doing to Hillary's people was to talk about bringing back vocational uh, centers in this country, across the country, middle and high school. Keep the kids who we're losing to the gangs off the streets by giving them a reason to stay in school. They don't want to be out on the streets. The reason there was gangs is because they don't want to be alone. If we were, if we give them a reason to stay in school, they will stay in school. If they're not academic bound, which many of our at-risk, low-income students are not academic bound, if we give them a reason to stay in school, they'll stay in school. We'll change the prison system. We'll, we could change all of it. I mean, it's, it's like I keep going. Now, it doesn't take a road Scholar. Okay, we bring back vocational centers. We, we offer them in middle and high school, woodworking, uh, graphic artists, horticulture, uh, car detailing, you know, goes on and on. Bakery, bakery, bakery. There's a bakery on every corner in this country. Um, if we give them the skill set that equates to a paycheck when they graduate, they're going to know how to do something. And they're going to go, I know how to work in a bakery. I know how to work in a horticulture uh, uh, nursery. I know how to work on a truck and, and uh, do yards and drought resistant. I mean, I know how to do, be a graphic artist. Right now, they have a resume. They don't know how to do anything. And they can't compete with their peers. Their peers get the job every time. We have 80% unemployment rate. And then when they get to the job, they don't know how to perform on the job because the kids with autism have a social skill issue. So that's what we did. We're teaching how to get along with coworkers. What do you say at the coffee, at the water cooler banter? Um, how do you keep your job? 90% of your job is social skills, getting along with people you work with. Now that's a really tough issue for people with autism. So they have to learn how to develop that skill. Because what happens is they get the job, Rebecca, and then all of a sudden 
people are like, well, you know, that guy, new guy they hired is a little odd. Like he, he didn't, he didn't want to go out with us on Fridays when we go, you know, to, you know, uh, thank God it's Fridays, whatever that is. You know, so, you know what I'm saying? Friday night when everyone goes out, uh, when we say, how about those Dodgers? You know, nothing. It's like, and then they go to the supervisor and they say, you know, he's odd and he doesn't get along with us and ba ba ba. And pretty soon the feelings um, are mutual. And either our, our guy walks or he's asked to leave because he's on a 90 day uh, probation. And you know, those social skills is huge, starting with that interview. What about three skills? in general, that you think would be important for families to make sure that their kids are aware of when they go for an interview, when they have difficulties with the social skills? All right. Well, difficulties with interviews and, you know, if we pinpoint just specifically that one is the resume needs to be one page. What we were seeing, because we're going into our third year with the program, Autism Works Now. So now we're working out all the kinks. We're really, you know, we really got it now. Right. And all of a sudden, we get a lot of very accomplished autistics coming, having a degree in city planning, having a year and a half master's program under their belt at you know a university. But then they deliver, they bring, will bring your resume. It'd be three pages long. Uh, no, you know, people don't want to see that. HR wants to see specifics in a one page. That's it. So you got to narrow it down, make it concise. How to make it jump out at somebody? What you've done. Even if it's what you feel is is a minimal job, you've done it. You're successful at it. That's what you highlight. So in the resume, one page. When you go in, and, well, getting the interview is a whole other process now. Because now in this country, all the big corporations want online fill-out applications. So you've got to be tech-savvy. Tech savvy, you've got to be tech savvy. Savvy, so you need to know Google Docs. You need to be able to use Google Maps because you got to get to the interview. You need to get to the interview early, not late. You need to show up on time. You need to be able to walk in, present yourself like an individual who wants the job, and why should they hire you? That is the you know that's the when when we go into HR because. Part of our Autism Works Now program is one time a month we go on a field trip. So we've gone to HR at Fox. We've been to FX Studios. We've been to Best Buy, Mass Mutual, LA Parent. It goes on and on because now we're going into our third year. So we've been to 24 different field trips. And HR will tell you the last question is, why should I hire you? That's hard for anyone. But we're teaching our kids and candidates to have the answer to that question because they say, I don't know. And that's it. You're dead in the water. It's done. Your resume goes in the trash because if you can't give that person who's interviewing you one reason to hire you, then you're not in the running. You you just lost your positioning in the race. (laughs) So what kind of internal work, especially for the autistic community, do you help them do so that they can find an answer to that that would be something they're comfortable with? Remember that in our program, we present our opinion and the opinion of our guest, and it's not to be interpreted as medical advice.
As a caregiver, you spend your days caring for the needs of someone else. But what are you doing to help yourself? In our Caregiver Survival 101 workshop, we teach you the self-help skills that will empower you to be healthier and more productive. Do you feel tired, overwhelmed, have difficulty sleeping? Do you feel isolated? All this could be signs of caregiver stress. Chronic stress can impact your health adversely and ultimately cause irreversible and unwanted physical problems. Take a step towards your own personal care. A healthy caregiver is a better caregiver. You owe it to yourself and your loved ones to do what is needed to stay healthy today. Go to www.caregiversurvival101.com. That again is www.caregiversurvival101.com. And discover how we can help you help yourself. Or call 877-957-7387, extension 101. That again is 877-957-7387, extension 101. Caregiver Survival 101. Because care starts with you. Thank you so much for joining us here at Lifestyle Improvement today for part one of our interview with Joanne Lara. Miss Lara is an expert in the field of movement therapy. She is a professional dancer turned educator that has used her passion for movement and music to enrich the population with autism and founded the Autism Movement Therapy Organization. She is an adjunct professor at National University. She was the technical advisor for Kiefer Sutherland's Fox TV show, Touch, and produced the documentary for PBS called Generation A, Portraits of Autism and the Arts for Individuals with Autism. Miss Lara is a columnist for Autism Asperger's Digest and is the author of the book Autism Movement Therapy Method, Waking Up the Brain, a practical guide for the use of movement and music to stimulate brain function that we have featured on our program before. She has come back to tell us about her newest book, Teaching Pre-Employment Skills to 14 to 17 year olds, The Autism Works Now Method. Don't forget to join us again next Sunday morning at 7.30 for part two of our interview with Joanne Lara.